good Thursday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Thursday Night Throwdown. Thursday, it's me, it's Mr. Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> hey man, we need to have a monster truck show after that. <laughs> it's, it's me, the Ooh. big guy KG, sitting in with the Midnight Rider, none other than. Uh, first and foremost, like we do every show, how you feeling tonight? Yo, I'm good. I just saw the, the Black Carolina helmets. Ooh, they got the black on black. Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, looking tough. Look, I'm I'm, I think I'm I'd uh, have to go with a I'd have to go with a um baby blue sleeve though. I'm gonna Bobby go ahead Hall. and show my age though. Them joints look wet. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go ahead and show my age with that one. But welcome to another great show, another edition. Um, we're gonna start this one off fast and furious. Because something came down today and it needed to be talked about. Um, me personally, I'm not too happy about it uh, because I'm just the time. And it's not about what it is. It's just the timing of it. Um, Carl Rancine, Racine, the attorney general of Washington, D.C., announced yesterday that he had a big announcement coming at 12 o'clock a day. It wound up coming around one. Um, here's the thing. The way Washington responded to it and the the <laughs> oh man, I gotta pull this up because this right here was just it was a it was a farce. Talking about the last night statement. Yeah, last night statement. This is um nope, nope, that's not it. Uh JP Finlay posted it and I oh man, I know uh, hold on. He went off today. He envy Mitch. Woo. Yeah, Fire. he did. And this is the statement. Less than three months ago, I got to read it from the phone. Less than three months ago, a 23-year-old player uh, on our team was shot multiple times in broad daylight. Despite the despite the out-of-control violent crime in D.C., today the Washington commanders learned for the first time on Twitter that the D.C. Attorney General will be holding a press conference to make a major announcement related to the organization tomorrow. The commanders have fully res- cooperated with the AG's investigated investigation for nearly a year as recently as Monday, a lawyer for the team met with the AG who did not suggest at the time that he intended to take any action and, in fact, revealed fundamental misunderstandings of the underlying facts. It is unfortunate that in his final days in office, Mr. Racine appears more interested in making splashy headlines based on offbeat legal theories rather than doing the hard work of making the streets safe for our citizens, including bringing justice to the people who shot one of our players. L- let's unpack that real quick. Go ahead. I'm gonna, let you, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna defer the beginning and let you go ahead because you you've been ready for this one. <laughs> okay. You, I, I I already see the chambers cog. Uh, yeah, yeah. You good? Go ahead, man. Number one, we're gonna handle this piece by piece. So let's handle last night first. This statement came out, and when this statement came out, I think I asked the same thing that a lot of people from the fan base asked: What the fuck is Jason Wright thinking? Like, why would you release a statement like that without even knowing what the fuck was going on? What the fuck are you thinking? And I do mean that. Go ahead. Whoa. Everybody keeps saying Jason Wright. Ain't he the, is, hold on, listen to me. Listen to me. This is a behavior that I've seen for the last 20 years. See, I always think these statements are Dan just trying to get his out there first or get, get some kind of thing back and play the victim role. So mm-hmm. that's why... I hate when they make a statement because it's always the same trash. And we'll go ahead. Let's go to the next part. 
Okay. The trash. Now, that's the first thing I thought. But to bring up this, and you don't know what this press conference is about, you just say, hey, well, the violence in our city. And Ron Rivera said something, a, 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 a reporter said, well, you talked about the violence in D.C. Ron said, no, I didn't say that. He said, I said the violence is plaguing the United States of America. And it's D.C. is not the only violent city. Chicago is not the only violent city. There's violent cities everywhere in the U.S. So for them to say D.C. is like D.C.'s, you know, the only places there's violence. I don't like that. So but, here's another thing. They don't even know what the AG does because the AG does has no involvement in criminal cases. So there's another moment where your lack of preparation and mm -hmm. rushing to get something done bites you in the ass and makes you look stupid. Here's my thing. That response. Coach Thompson used to have a saying. Sometimes you got to see nothing and say nothing. If it don't apply, let it fly. You got an announcement about us. You ain't talked to us. Okay, fine. Let's see what the fuck you got. I'm going to sit back and wait. But instead, they went on a defense about something and dragged uh, uh, Brian Robinson shooting into it that need, didn't need to be done. Piss poor job by PR from, from Washington. I don't care if it was Jason. I don't care who it was. It was piss poor from the organization. Brian Robinson's agent was pissed last night. And I do mean pissed. Rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, now, it's trying to do. Exactly. So here you have yet another good player that's probably just been alienated from this organization. Not the team, but the organization. Who wants to stay here for that? Honestly, who wants to stay here? Because once his contract is up, I got him walking. I got him walking. Just my thoughts. Oh. And he's only a rookie this year. All right, so you got three more years of him uh -oh. under team control, and you got a fifth year if you want to do a franchise tag. Um, I think the, the bigger problem is just, again, fundamentally, this team tries to take some situation to verify or validate the, the action or to, the, to the diminish the action that's being taken against them instead of doing what you said, just be quiet, sit, and wait. This is why I always think it's Dan, because Dan – has that very impetuous side. Like, like he has that pettiness in him. And, I mean, think about the, what was it? I think they put spoiled milk in the learner's um, suite. So they got everybody sticking him. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. So when I think of that, I think of a person that's a kid. And he, he has to strike first. And I think that's been his mentality. And I think that's part of the reason why this city, the, the organization, has to pay so much to get somebody here. And then that person leaves in one or two years because they're not given the, the, the opportunity to do the job that they were brought here for. I mean, think about Brian LaFamina. He, great relationship with the media. Great everything. I mean, it was like everything was turning around. It, it looked like the franchise was being transparent. All of a sudden, Bruce and Dan go start looking at the numbers. Oh, we're not selling this. We're not selling that. And they diminished everything he did and got him out of here in eight months. Look at turn around organization. You can't get somebody eight months to turn around a busted organization. Hmm. Look at what they did to Scott McClure. And I, I say oh. they as in Bruce, Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen. Gotta love him. 
I love him because he's a legacy. I love him because of his dad and everything that he's meant to this. His family is meant to this organization. And when he came on board, I was like, we got some stability. No more Vinny Serrato. We got some stability because he's going to put people in a place. And I love I, I love legacy hires when they're good. But when you bring in Scott McClune to help out with scouting and Scott, I, I, in my honest belief, Scott McClune, Doug Williams and that scouting department. They pulled out some gems. You know, they they, they had some guys. Scott McClune was a co- consultant first. Then they brought him in to say that he had relapsed and started drinking. You leak all of this stuff to the press. That's why he's leaving. You, you, you were mad because. And this he's is Bruce Allen. He was getting the credit, but he was really mad because the players were actually responding to Scott McClure more than they responded to Bruce Allen. Somebody has said something or did something. I can't remember who it was. It was um, it was one of the corners. It was um, I think it was Bashar Breeland. And he caught. He went down to the locker room after the game. He waited till he got out of the shower. He no, he before he got in the shower, he said, "After you shower, meet me in my office." Right. Said it was behind closed doors. He dressed him down behind closed doors. Basically, he went and. He heated up the iron, he pounded it out, he fashioned it, then he cooled it off. He didn't just heat it up and cool it off. He fashioned it. Yeah. Breland responded to that. He responded at one of his best games. My God, how can you be mad at that? This is the guy. If I'm working with you, you got your ear to the ground, you got the pulse. I'm going to tell you straight up, look, you got the inside track. Do we got to do to keep these guys happy. And if they come to you and they add their grievances, fine. That's between y'all. I'm going to do what I got to do to help us win. I'm going to help you help me. Right. We're on the same team. Our goal is to win a championship. Because if we win a ring, no matter what trials and tribulations, we're not going to agree all the time. We're going to argue. We're going to fuss. We're going to fight. But at the end of the day, when we can hold up that ring and say, we won this. This is ours. Nobody can take this from us. It makes it all better. Well, there was rumblings in the underground that, like, because the players were responding, because the media was saying, in Scott we trust, and giving Scott the credit for all that was happening. Like, I think there was even a a press conference or interview he had where he kind of was like, well, there were guys here when he got here, you know, trying to, like, give himself some props in the midst of it. And when I heard that comment or that kind of came out in the – in the underground, in the in the in in the radio, um, I kind of figured that this is, this ain't gonna work. And then you put a man with a drinking problem in a place that was being treated like a frat house. But here's the thing: contrary to popular belief, Scott never relapsed. Okay. They had to figure out a way to get him out to 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 save face to say, okay, Scott's got to go, but we can't just say he got to go because. He lost. He, he he he. You know, uh, uh, right. But he got. He, he was winning the dick measuring contest with Bruce. So Bruce was like, "Okay, let me show you how long mine is because I can get you up out of here." But here's the problem, and I think this is what really turned the tables. That Green Bay game when Kirk went off, we were down early. Kirk went off, and next thing you know, we blew out Green Bay. What was that Monday Night Football? It was a Sunday night. Sunday night. It was a Sunday night game, and at the end yeah. of the game. Kirk said, you're going to pay me now? He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you. That exchange right there pissed Bruce Allen off because Bruce Allen was the one dragging this whole Kirk Cousins thing out. And then really and truly, if you would have gave Kirk Cousins 
15, 16 million dollars a year and then based it the rest of it, the uh, five, six million a year on incentives, which he would have hit. Kirk wouldn't have never left. He wouldn't have never signed a franchise tag because the money would have been there. Kirk, you throw for thirty five hundred hundred yards. We give you this. You throw for 20 touchdowns. You get this 30 touchdowns, four thousand yards. Kirk Cousins threw for four thousand yards every year he was here. All you had to do was put the weapons around him. But the problem was, the problem was he wasn't the guy that Dan wanted. And their pettiness, I mean, think about what you get got for Kirk, what you got for um um Trent Williams, and it was one other player that we've let players just walk, and all you got out of it was the comp- compensatory pick. That don't do anything for you. Not at I all. Mean, you put Sheriff in that in that category. Like at a certain point, this organization has to be proactive and not reactive. I mean, the, there's a litany of just reactive things, these statements, reactionary. Um, the fact that the team name, you couldn't secure the right team name when you knew for three years that the team was going to have to change the name. You actually heard longer than that. You knew the Rumblings way before that. Why they not miss- just, Why not pull a guy aside? Hey, look, man, we might have this thing, do some research, uh, secure us a couple names, a couple domains, so just in case that's just the fam, we got it. We prepared. We don't do that. You don't sign Kirk Cousins ahead of time. So it's just it's just a litany of things that this organization does, and it's ridiculous, man. Now, here's my thing: when you talk about the name change, I thought that this, I know it's been going on since the '90s, but I've heard that this this whole name change thing has been going on. It went on for the '60s. When we start winning in the '70s, it died down. Mm-hmm. You know, then in the '80s you had the era of Gibbs. So you know you had uh, four Super Bowl runs in in in, in eleven years. But you were always in contention. We were never sorry in the 80s. Joe Gibbs got it done. They, you know, 90 was a down year, and they were protesting then. When 91 hit and we were the best team in the NFL, protests died. When they started losing, especially when they moved into FedEx Field and started losing, which was Jack Kent Cook Stadium, the protests started then again. And they continued because we continued to lose. But whenever we won, those protests died down. Now, here's my thing. You did all of that. You knew it was going to come because they've been pro. Anytime you're losing, that's when every everything piles on. My wife always says, when one thing goes bad, something else coming. Right. You got to you got to expect it and roll with the punches. So handling that was another miscue. The way they handled this. Now jumping back on topic, we go to the day. Um, Attorney General Carl Racine, he wrote on Twitter, "My office is suing the Commanders owner Dan Snyder, the Commanders NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell." and the NFL for colluding to deceive D.C. residents, district residents, I'm sorry, the heart of the commander's fan base. For those of you that listen from the playback. Keep keep going, man. Keep going. Come on. My face. About the investigation into toxic workplace culture. After public reporting revealed the sexual misconduct, harassment, and misogyny ran rampant for decades at the team. The defendants promised D.C. residents that the league was going to fix the toxic culture, including by fully cooperating with the independent investigation. That was a lie. Instead, the NFL turned a blind eye to Snyder's extensive efforts to silence or intimidate witnesses. And the NFL and the commanders entered into a secret agreement that gave Snyder power to veto the release of any results. Excuse me. With today's lawsuit, we are standing up for D.C. residents who were lied to and deceived. 
and we're standing with the brave victims and employees of the team who told us the truth during our investigation and came forward about what they suffered and witnessed while working because these actions largely took place outside the district. We do not have jurisdiction to specifically file suit regarding the workplace harassment and misconduct misconduct by suing today. We are using every enforcement tool that I disposed to hold the commanders, Dan Snyder, the NFL and Roger Goodell uh, accountable. Here's my thing. It's been rumblings for quite some time that things inside of Redskins Park. I don't want to hear about the command post, none of that shit. It's been rumblings for quite some time that things inside of Redskins Park weren't on the up and up. Mm-hmm. When everything started to hit the fan, guys getting fired, you're like, why the hell he get fired? Like, that's one of our front office guys. What the hell you got to do in the front office to get fired? Larry Michaels retirement. Then everything comes out about the cheerleaders and we're going back to 2014 and stuff like that. And then you start pulling out articles where this stuff was known. Where was that energy then? When these complaints were filed, where was that energy then? That's number one. Carl Racine on his last days out. And one thing I did agree about the the Washington statement, you're trying to make a splash on your way out. Where was this energy when you first came in? Where was this energy two years ago? Where was all of this? Because a lot of this stuff, and it was enough to go and do a lawsuit and do all the things you're trying to do now, was common knowledge. And it was proof. Why did it take you so long to do it now? Why are you trying to make your make your bones off of this? Like, why? Why? And you're talking about DC, the district is the heart of the fan base. Most of the people in the, that live in the, in the D.C., in D.C., in D.C. proper, northeast, southeast, southwest, northwest. Most of the people that live there now are transplants. None of them know about us. They're from different parts of the country because they come here and they, oh, well, you got to turn the go-go down. It's 7 o'clock. I don't want to hear that. I'm trying. Man, it's the crank corner. We don't turn that off till 9. Shut up. These transplants come in. They take over our city. They start th- saying things should be this way. This this is not the heart of the Washington fan base no more. We're all scattered around right now. So don't give me that heart of the fan base shit. Don't give me none of that. You do this, but why now? Where was this energy for the victims two years ago? Where was the energy for this victims eight years ago when all this stuff first started? I'm sorry, when it first came to light in 2014. Where was the energy then? Where was it then? It's too little too late. This means nothing to me. I don't give a damn if it was Washington. I don't give a damn if it was Dallas. If it was Dallas and we knew this shit was going on and you still swept it under the rug and didn't say nothing and you waited eight years, I'd say the same thing. What's the point? It don't matter what team it is. What the fuck is the point? That's my whole problem. So I'm going to ask you a question. Like when the show is over, like do you ever take snippets of part of the show and save it? I try to. All right. So what you just did, I need you to just go ahead and record. Just pull that aside. Because in the next two weeks or the next three weeks, you're going to get Maryland's version of this and you're going to get Virginia's version of this. So this ain't over. It's been it's like five investigations going at this point right now. And we still got a federal investigation that's supposed to be going. Exactly. Here's 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 one thing that I don't know if you get into this next, but did you see the thing about the season ticket holders and the money? Yeah, I, that too. Okay, so again, Washington being reactionary, finally decided, oh, yeah, we got your money, 
Uh, we've been trying to reach you. Okay. Um, and get you your money back. Uh, we have it. We'll send it back to you. Now, some of these are coming with requests for NDAs. Well, I need an NDA to get my money back. Because I don't want you talking about me not giving you your money when I'm supposed to. What you mean? That's obvious. Well, so, so I understand your vitriol, but there's so many layers to this cake. Um, it, I get the timing. Don't don't get me wrong. Timing. Understand. That's my problem. But but that's think, my problem. But I think sometimes in our world and our media, like something has to hit and has to hit close to home for it to actually spark something. And I think. The, the 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 money coming back to the people of the DC because I guarantee you, Racine probably had season tickets or premium package. Uh, the mayor might have had a premium package. Like I like I think some of the stuff when it gets personal, then it comes to the forefront and it becomes part of their agenda. So that's my personal thing. I don't know for facts, but I think that's what happened. Some of the start stuff started hitting close to home. It started becoming a priority. Then I think the biggest thing, the biggest bombshell is the Beth Wilkinson report was not written down. It was three sentences. And they were like, yeah, we're good. And it was a it was a fake fine and, and a fake suspension. Mm-hmm. And I think when that happened, honestly, I think if, if they had handled that situation right, we wouldn't be in this situation. Then if you come be behind that, and if 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 you don't have the leaked emails. We don't have this situation. And I think that's the problem. The problem is, like, they've let too many things, again, I'm being reactionary, they let things build up and happen, or they did something thinking they were covering their ass, and they actually made it worse for themselves. I can agree with that. Now, don't take my 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 my, my venom, my anger, don't take that as saying, you know, well, you shouldn't be suing my team. No. no I, get that. I think it should have happened two years ago. Because this was common knowledge. When all you keep doing all these investigations and you're saying, okay, Daniel Snyder, you got to pay $10,000. $10,000 to Daniel Snyder is like what? Maybe a $20 bill to us? Let me open my wallet. Hold on. Let me open my wallet. There's your $10,000 right there. There's a $20 bill. That's Daniel Snyder. He just throws it at you like, yeah, there you go. I need a receipt and I need my change back. That's what it is. Put my damn $20 back. That's my breakfast in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but that's what it is, and see, that's the problem. It, it, two things: you talk about the season ticket holders. I have been on the season ticket holding waiting list for ten years now. I thought that they did away with the list. When it was, no, I was on the list for 10 years. Before they okay. did away with it, I was on the list for 10 years. I, I apologize. I don't mean right now because I, I, I was like, yeah, no. They called BJ maybe three months after we signed up and asked him that he wanted to get in. And he had to turn it down because the amount of money they was asking for, he said he had to turn it down. I think it was like for the seats, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Because they were good seats, but they were a couple thousand dollars. And he wanted to move. You know, we like to sit up in the upper bowl. That's what a real fan said. We like to sit up there. And he couldn't get no seats up there. They were, they were trying to give him seats down the bottom in the lower bowl. He didn't want that, especially for that money. I get that. I stayed on that waiting list for 10 years. And then they finally called me, and I'm like, I don't even want the tickets anymore. I don't. But you, somebody said on Twitter that they, um, they sold their tickets on the Washington Commanders app and have yet to get paid for it. 
He uh, said he sold it. He it, this was Jacksonville. He said he sold his tickets for Jacksonville on the Commanders app, which I, I had. I, I was like, I, I I deleted it. It just it wasn't worth it. But he sold his tickets and have yet to get paid for it. It's so many problems that this team and this organization. Not, we're not even talking about the team. We're talking front office. The organization has because the guys that play on the field, they're actually cleaning this it's what goes on in the office you know and but you know what i can't even say that because things that went on in the office translated down on the field jay gruden his bust down messing with capri bibbs that's why he benched bibbs and fucking alex smith got hurt come on bro i'm not because we busting the same woman dj swearinger god i love dj swearinger God, I love him because when he was here and he started talking about things, he started talking and talking and talking and talking. Nobody was listening. Everybody was saying he's just a he's a cancer. He's just melancholy. He need to get out of here. I'm like, no, he's saying something and y'all are not listening. Every time he would tweet something or he would say something, I was sending to BJ. I'm like, dog, he on to something. It's something going on. He was exposing a lot. They cut him. When all of it hit the fan, all he said was, I told you, I told you this was going on. <clears throat> sorry about that. That um, I'm sorry, DJ. I, all you gotta do, whatever his last year here was, that there's a um top 100 show that they do, and he's in every highlight chasing. So I I I was done with him. He can because <laughs> all he did was complain as he would complain after the loss, but they were great after every win. Come on, if you keep the same energy, but that's, that's 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 that's. Because if we're not doing it the right way, we didn't do it the right way the day we was winning, and then next week we decided not to do it the right way. That was the only complaint I had about him. And then the other complaint was, if you always chasing, you ain't doing something right. Well, that's true. That That's true. Now, I'm not I'm not saying DJ was... Good God. Sorry. That's mm. another side rant. Don't, don't start me on Monte, because I had high hopes for him. I had high hopes for him. But... The thing with DJ, I'm not even talking on the field. I'm talking off the field. When The things that he said off the field, he was right. Like, my man took his NFL earnings, and he didn't He didn't get into a lucrative business. He he runs his own DSP for Amazon down in, uh, in, in uh, North Carolina. Okay. Like, and most people are like, oh, man, you work for Amazon. But see, if you own your own DSP, the amount of money that you bring in, especially you got good drivers, Man, you can bring in well over a million dollars a month. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. Oh, believe me. I I know the former employee. I know the books. I know the books. And but it's very strict. So you got to have people that's willing to work. Hell, if I was still in that line of work, I'd be like, you know what, DJ, I come down and work for you for a little bit. You know, show these dudes how we do it. But anyway, got Thursday night. This the thing. Everything that came out today, the way Washington handled it, what has been done, what has been said, I just think it's too little too late. Because if you're trying to push Schneider out and this is your way of getting rid of him, okay, good luck. He was on his way out anyway. It's like, if you're going to finish him, finish him. On the other hand, I'm thinking about 
DC as a city. And I always say this, and people say, man, you crazy. If Marion Barry was uh was still mayor, none of this would have ever happened. Because you know why it would have never happened? Washington would have never left DC. There would never be anything going on because they had such a working relationship. The only reason why Washington left DC is because Jack can't cook padded dag on Sharon Pratt Nixon on the ass. If he wouldn't have did that, they would have never left DC. But my thing is, everybody has something to say. What happened in the front offices and what has been happening, the whole toxic work culture has been terrible. And the thing is, you decide to do this now. The victims that that suffered that suffered through all of this, you're getting ready to put them back through it again. And are you going to do it right this time? But what took so long for them to get justice? That's the problem that I have. I don't well, care that it's happening. What took so long? If you knew this, if I tell you, hey, Ben, my arms broke. Look at this. My arms broke. You'd be like, oh, OK. And I'm telling you that for eight years at the least. And you like, OK. And then all of a sudden, you wonder why my arm's greening and falling off. Ben, I broke my arm eight years ago. You never paid attention to me. So oh, my bad. That, that's supposed so, to make it okay. So here's my answer to that. Um, the team was called the Redskins for 70, 70 years, something like that, right? Probably long, longer than that. No, no, uh, it be about seventy years. Let's just eight, use seven eight, years a good round number. Eighty nine. Just, just a good thing. So they've been called the Redskins for seven years, but they didn't change the name until three years ago because something happened and that triggered a social response. Things have to happen to trigger the response. So this this report comes out lack thereof, and that triggered a response. Then the the housing thing comes up. I mean the um, Senate thing comes up, and it triggers a response. That's all this is. We're like. This is not being done in the heart of finding true justice. It's trying to kind of make up for the mistakes you made. Um, and then some people can get a profit out of it or whatever. I'm not saying that these people didn't suffer. I'm not saying any of that. And I'm not saying they're doing it for money. But what I'm saying is some people that jump on causes jump on the cause just to be like, to have the satisfaction of saying they helped change something. Like my mm-hmm. least favorite reporter in the Washington area is Mike Wise or was Mike Wise. And he used to be, he would say he would never say the name Redskins, but every week he showed up and took a check from the show called The Redskins Report. So you help me out with that. So that's all I got on that part. And that's all I'm gonna stop because I don't want to divert us because we're about 30 minutes in. We probably gotta get some time to break down this Carolina game. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, you took a check. <laughs> I I can't argue with facts, and we can. And you talk about diverting, like when you say that about people that jump onto a cause just to say, "Oh, I I changed something." Yeah, it made me think about what's going on in the NBA, and it's a lot of backpedaling going on in the NBA. And one of my favorite players came out and said something, and I'm just like, "Bro, you broke my heart already. It's no way to fix that right now." Like you broke my heart because you left your brother hanging over some shit that wasn't even some shit. But we're going to talk about that too. 
and we'll talk about the not tonight, not tonight. We gotta put a pin in that because we need a whole show to devote to that because there's a lot to be said and it's got to be handled delicately. So yeah, I'm gonna let you pray that one because that's not in my wheelhouse mm. to the to, to the extent that I know it's in yours. So yeah, I'm gonna let you mm. have that and run ride with it. Yeah, because it, it, that's fine, but. I have to talk to uh, legal counsel first yeah, <laughs> before yeah, I do that. You have to gently say some words and, <laughs> yeah. and throw some allegedly's and supposedly's and some other things out there. But yeah. I, I got uh, the, the 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 documentary that's on Amazon that's in question. Uh, I, I think I'm going to sit down and watch that this weekend as well as read the book. So you know that documentary normally I think it was like $2.99 to rent. It's now $4.99. Forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. you, you you mad at Kyrie though? Hey. Hey. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've already been chomping at the bit to get to it. But Any publicity I, is good publicity. Is oh it? yeah, yeah. And I'll leave it at that, man. And you know what? We're gonna move on. Oh, to your point, it was they were the Redskins from nineteen thirty two. I'm sorry. Because they started out as the Boston Braves. Braves, right. So that had to be so, 38 or 39. That was 32. Then they became the Boston Redskins in 33. Okay. Came here in 37. Right. So 87 years is the Redskins. Okay. So um, this we're we going to, of course, we're going to keep an eye on it because I want to see if what you say comes to fruition where we're getting it from the same thing from Maryland and Virginia. Because if it's going to happen, and you know what? If it does happen, that means this land deal is null and void until Dan sells. And I, I've seen Virginia say, you know, if Dan sells, you know, hey, we can, the land deal is back on the, on the table. Yeah. Who wants to? Everything's, everything's back on the table the second Dan strokes the check and sends the direct deposit or sends the EFT. Yeah, exactly. oh, I'm sorry, he gets the EFT, not sends Exactly. It. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I think DC is even back on the table after that. I think Muriel Bowser will say, "Okay, I'm ready to come to the table and talk." Uh, I'm not sure on that one. But only I, reason I say that is because if Muriel's leading the charge and it's not Phil Mendelson, I just have these thoughts that I I think they'll the, the council will crush it if it's not their idea, if they're not the brain trust behind the move. They won't let it go. They won't let it fly. And that's just a personal thing. Hey, you know what? I'm not a DC resident anymore, but I, I believe everything you're saying. Because uh that seems the way of the world. If it ain't my idea, I ain't with it. Right. But then if I come up with the same idea that you came up with two weeks ago, but I get credit for, oh yeah, that was my idea. So, you know, I'm all for it. But we'll put a pin in that. We'll talk about uh Goodell's side. Maybe Sunday, if we can hear what he has to say, um, hear what the NFL has to say, because that's a lot of money DC's trying to go up against right now. So, and when you got money, you can make things disappear. Oh, this is going to have to disappear. Yeah, as the big word is in in play, because all it takes is for Dan to say, "Well, this is how we do it in the league." Oh yeah, right. And then you know, th- then you talking, and we got to open uh, the books. We got to look at the books. Nah. And uh, Carl Rancine is an expert in antitrust law. Right. He is an absolute expert. Yep. And 
I'm like, if that's the case, dog, you should have been talking this shit three, four years ago. You should have been talking this. There's always been rumors about affecting the antitrust part of the NFL agreement, but it just yeah. never, they always did enough. And I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. They always did enough to keep it on the back burner. And here's the thing. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar company every year from shared revenue and from revenue period between the NFL, the TV money, sponsorships, everything that they bring in, they bring in billions of dollars. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the NFL brings in more money than the NBA. You pay the commission of 47 million. Enough said. (laughs) Does, uh, um, damn, what's the uh, MLB commissioner? Uh, does Adam Silver or the MLB commissioner make that much money? I doubt it very seriously, bro. But let's get let's go, man. Carolina, Atlanta, let's Carolina, see, and Atlanta. We can add snippets and we can keep going. Mm-mm. Atlanta is two and a half point favorites uh, over Carolina tonight, and Carolina coming out and like the Midnight Rider said, them black on black helmets. Uh, over under is forty one and a half. Now they just matched up. What was that? Two weeks ago. Yep. They just matched up, and Atlanta came away with the victory in overtime. All over a pretty much dumb penalty, in my opinion. But you can't criticize the refs because I ain't got no money to pay fines. So I'm not going to criticize the refs. But um, what you got on this game? I just don't get that penalty. Like, I mean, I understand the excitement, the joy. But why why take the helmet off? You can spike the ball, you can do everything else besides dunk on the goalpost and take your helmet off. It didn't make That's, sense to me. I think that I think that right there, the dunking on the goalpost and taking the helmet off, I just I don't like those rules. Well, I understand the goalpost because if you dunk on the goalpost and hold it and then it gets out of line, now you gotta have a game delay and actually get the goalpost re- realigned again. So that's the only reason I say I'm I'm cool on that. So this game. It's a whole different ball game than from two weeks ago, because two weeks ago the Atlanta Falcons were without Cordero Patterson, and outside his mama, probably I'm the next person to hype this man up more than his mama, and Cordero is going to put on a show tonight. And if like if Mary Oda can just get an ounce of accuracy, like just a little bit more, this offense is going to be so potent, and this division is in their grasp. Like these two teams. I mean, I think that lead is what four and five, or four and four, like something like that. So I mean, it's the division is nobody's running away with it. Atlanta has the weapons. I think we did a special, or we talked about them a couple weeks ago, and right after we talked about them, Patterson got hurt, and then mm-hmm. Pitts hasn't been getting thrown the football, and so like everything fell apart. But Patterson's the thing that makes this offense go. On the other side, tell BJ I'm sorry, but. Unfortunately, um, the Carolina Panthers brought a butter knife to a gunfight. They got P.J. Walker starting their quarterback, and, and I just don't like his consistency. I just don't. It's a lot of things I see him leaving on the field. He had a good game two, two weeks ago, but last week I think it just showed you, man. Um, I don't. I think the brother's a backup at best, and honestly I would have him as my third guy, not even my second guy. Um, D.J. Moore. It's been inconsistent this year, and it seems like only when um, Baker plays does Terrence Marshall get any any shine or any run. So defensively for both teams, uh, I get an edge to Carolina. Brian Burns and boys get it going. 
Um, but as you saw, the score was 37-34 two weeks ago. So they ain't really stopping nobody too much or too tough. So I like the over, and I'm going with ATL in the minus two and a half. I actually think this is going to be a 20. No. I think it's going to be a 28-24 uh, type of ball game. And I think the last team with the ball wins, and that'll be Atlanta. Okay, Meatloaf, Meatloaf. Who you got, Atlanta or Carolina? Okay. Carolina? Oh, you just say hi. Uh, so that's who you – so so do you think – you think Marcus Mariota going to have a good game? Well, I guess that's a no. All right. I guess she's done with that. But I agree with everything you're saying. Now you're talking. I can't get you to talk any other time, but now you're talking. I think Atlanta's going to have a good game. And I, I picked Atlanta in this one. And I'm going to take the – I'm going to take the over. I think Atlanta blows Carolina out. They they blow the doors off of them tonight. As much as I want to love PJ, it's, it's, it's not his time. It's not his time yet. Uh, and yeah. I think as, I think if you give him a chance, yes, yet because everybody, come on now, two three weeks ago when he got in, everybody was like, oh yeah, this this, this dude right here, yeah, he, he he can play. Then it goes from that, yeah, exactly. It's no see, that's the only reason. Once, the, once that tape comes out, the eye in the sky don't lie. Yeah, once they learn what you like and what you don't like, mm. and see, you know what happens when you do that. You know what has to happen when you do that? Once the tape comes out, you have to start adding wrinkles. You have to start building on the likes. You see what I'm saying? So tonight, right. if he comes out and he does something they're not expecting, and they're like, okay, that wasn't on tape. Exactly. That's why I love when you when, a, when the starter goes down, the backup comes in, and he plays like gangbusters, and then he comes out the next week, and you're like, oh, yeah, we got him, and you didn't add nothing different to what he's comfortable with, and then you lose, and you wonder why you lose. That's why you lose, because you have to add something every week that's different to keep them on their heels. I don't think Steve Wilkes is a good coach to me. He is. He's always been handed, you know, he's been dealt the bad hand as a head coach here and in uh, Arizona. But I think if they, he has an interim tag, correct? Yes. If they yes, remove that interim tag at not the end happening. of this season, oh, no, it's not, not happening. happening. Come on now. Mm-hmm. He's going to interview for, and they're going to bring in uh, some ESPN analysts. That ain't coach. They're gonna bring in Lou Holtz. Oh, Sunday, I'm not gonna be here because I'm calling plays for Indianapolis this week. So damn. Yeah, man. I'm so I'm flying out tomorrow. That means you old court. Can 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 I can I get on as wide receiver coach or something? No, no, that's well, we Reggie Wayne. Wayne. We got Reggie damn. Wayne. Damn. Yeah, so I beat the assistant QB coach in Madden, and that's how I got the play calling job. Yeah. Damn. Well, can I can <laughs> Can, can can I send him a couple play? I got a play that will, yeah, just shoot yeah. it to me. Okay, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. good, good. Because I got I got a play. Yeah, I got some Steve Spurrier plays where you got uh four offensive linemen. I don't so. know if I'm gonna go that far. I got I got I got an <laughs> offensive lineman as a coach. So I think we're gonna be in a lot of two, you know, twenty one personnel, two tight ends. Um, so yeah, mm. let me stop, man. That's I'm gonna say that for Sunday. <laughs> Look, well, shoot, you gonna be you gonna be broadcasting from, from the game. Yeah, yeah, I just do it in the locker room. <laughs> and they got the Raiders. Right. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Mm. So, right. so 
I think the one thing about this game, you said blowout. Yes. I don't think Carolina's gonna move the ball. I don't think Carolina's gonna move the ball. And now Baker's in there, they're gonna move it a little bit. But Baker right. has the thing where he'll move the ball the first quarter and maybe the third quarter, but the second and fourth, he can't do nothing. Or vice versa, he'll do the second yeah. and the fourth. Yeah. It's 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 like two quarters out of a game, he'll move the ball. I, I watched him do it against Washington a couple uh year before last. That was the has that was the um Haskins Alex Smith season. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because um we were in Cleveland, it was hot that day too. Mm-hmm. And Haskins actually threw for 300 yards. And that was the game that got Haskins benched, if I'm not mistaken, because he was in the locker room. Nope, nope, that was a, a Baltimore game that got him benched. Right. He threw for 300. He was in the locker room. He was like, Yeah, you see, I thought I threw for 300. And I was like, Yeah, you shouldn't bench him over that. You should talk to him. That. It was more to that than all of that. Because even that touchdown he threw in that Browns game, um, I know you're going to say the, the result is what matters, but the process was wrong. He read the field wrong. He got to that late. He actually had it the whole time. And that touchdown to um, uh, what was the receiver that they got from San Diego? It was like Gandy Golden, wasn't it? Nah, it wasn't. No, Gandy Golden. I know he threw one to Gandy Golden at Cleveland. Like we talking, we talking Edmund, Cleveland, Edelman, Eatman, something like that. It was, it's yeah, Donald. yeah, because yeah, we only had him for one season. I was like, bring yeah. him back. Yeah, I was like, bring him back and let, let's see what he can do if he can make this team because he was better than Trey Quinn. And Trey Here Quinn, oh my god, another one that disappointed me, but that's. Uh, yeah, you're getting, not gonna get in, that. getting in the rabbit hole. So. Now nah, you're going to get to that. But Baker has a thing where he does not perform well all the time. And then some. it was a season you had Juice Landry, OBJ. Um, you had Austin Hooper and uh, David Njoku. And you mean to tell me you still couldn't hit guy? You had Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Nah, you could not win with that? Nah, dog. I watched a couple of them ball games. They, they, they put it on Baker. But they dropped some stuff on Baker too. Yeah, that is Baker true. Had, it wasn't all like that year. I was a little frustrated with the fans because I'm like, eh, if you're watching this objectively, he put in the ball sometimes. Now, sometimes he was behind and late or he missed something. But mm, the times he was on time, there was a lot of drops. Yeah. And and um, the problem with David and Joker was he looked like Tarzan, but sometimes he played like Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed that hard. <laughs> oh my god! And <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna say this, and then we go get out of here. The, right. thing, the thing with uh Baker Mayfield, I was not a fan of his, a fan of his coming out of college because I thought he was cocky, he was brash, he was, you know, he was just like not really. I'm like, you haven't won anything. You want to hide, but you haven't won anything, but you're just real cocky. What made me a fan of his is watching him on Hard Knocks. And mm-hmm. he took the sacrifice, and, you know, he wasn't going to be the starter, and he came in with Terod. And um, who it was Terod and um, Kevin Hogan. If you, if you ever want to be a backup quarterback, just follow Tyrod because he'll get you on the field. Yeah. He'll get hurt and get you back on the field in no yeah. time. And the thing All is, right. His preparation, and that's one thing about Terod Taylor, his preparation, the way he approaches the game, he is going to make one hell of a head coach in the pro ranks. He's going to make a hell, one hell of a coordinator. 
The dude has got the it. So, you know, watch out for that coming soon. Hopefully, you know, well, not soon, but once he retires, I'm that's the first person I'm called. Hey, got this OC position. I want you to come in as an offensive assistant. And then once my OC retires in two years, I want you to take over. He has the it factor. That's one thing he has. But that's what made me a fan of Baker. And I pull for Baker every way, every season I pull for him. And it's just, I said this, this is a couple years ago. I used to say this all the time. Excuse me. Cleveland's going to turn the corner. Cleveland's going to win with Baker Mayfield. They won that one season. And mm-hmm. BJ told me, he said, you was one season off because you said they were going to the playoffs the year before they went to the playoffs the next year. You were one season off. But nobody else believed that but you. And maybe, maybe the organization, maybe 40% of the organization, I was like, I see the work that they're putting in. They have, and this is with Freddie Kitchens. I'm like, you got guys there. You got good people. And you see night and day from when Kitchens no, no, came that was, that's, 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 that's what you call it. Kitchens was only a one-year um, stop. They that was um that was Stefanski. Stefanski. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I was calling, you know what? I was calling them. I would say Kitchens was gonna take them because you saw night and day how they right. played under Kitchens as opposed to how they played under uh Hugh Jackson. So it was right. like a night and day thing. And that's why I was like, they're gonna go and firing Kitchens after one season. I was like, not good. But we talking about Atlanta, Carolina. So you gave your pick, I gave mine. I'm saying 41 to 7 Atlanta. Oh. Yeah, I'm saying they're gonna blow the doors off this early. Just, just, just don't like that quarterback enough. I just don't and, think he was consistent enough, Mariota. Yeah. I just don't think he's consistent enough in the passing you, game. You know how to make Mariota consistent? No, not even playing with you. you. Know how to make Mariota consistent? The biggest threat you have, you got Kyle Pitts, Mariota, Cordell Patterson. You don't want him to get the ball to Kyle Pitts. You don't want him to hand it off. But Mariota can run himself. This is where you got to introduce 20% of read option. Well, they, they have it in there because you got to yeah, remember, but, this is Arthur Smith. Yeah. So he's got that stuff in there. But you got you got to use it to your advantage to the point where I hate bringing this up because it seems like I'm just – I can't get out the pass, but it's the truth. What made RG3 effective? 2012. I know. The, the RPO, all that stuff the, is in. You got it. They do a lot of it. You gotta give him you gotta give him time to get the ball out, but he can be effective, but you gotta dink and dunk. You gotta go read option, but you gotta add a West Coast field to it where it don't take too long to develop. So you got a slant, a, a tight end screen, you got something that can pick up yards, but you gotta dink and dunk. You can't sit there and expect him to go downfield. You know, just he throwing the ball 40, 50 yards. Nah, dink and dunk. Quick stuff. They got they they punting right now because whatever they just called on third down didn't work. Well, so damn, yeah. I didn't even know the game started. Hey, y'all jump out of here, go get that game. Um, we 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 done for the night. Uh, hopefully, I'm not gonna make no promises. Hopefully, we'll be back on Saturday. But until then, that's the midnight rider. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here.